Hi everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Bite Size Technology, where we'll help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size podcast. I'm Glenn Rogers, Senior Licensing and SAM Consultant here at Bytes, and I'm joined by my colleague Dominic McHugh, who is a lead consultant for our commercial advisory service. Um, Dom, why don't you introduce yourself and, uh, and give us some insight into what it is that you do? Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, so my role is to head up our commercial advisory service team. And effectively, that's uh, made up of a number of services that focus around commercial optimization and due diligence with regards to, to licensing spend for all of our customers here at Byte. Um, and it can range across a number of scenarios that I'm sure we'll, we'll probably come on to later on in the podcast. Okay. Um, well, I suppose that's probably probably a good place to pick up in, in terms of um, what the commercial advisory service is and, and, and why and when customers would would engage with it. So, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the service myself. Obviously, I'm probably not as close to the ground and as close to our, our, our customers on a day-to-day basis as you are. But we're talking significant spend here, really, aren't we? Things like uh, significant contract renewals, merger and acquisition activity, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the CAS service itself is effectively a piece of due diligence that we would look to do for customers in a a number of scenarios. So the most common ones that we see are firstly contract renewals. So, um, you know, obviously multi-year renewals for some of the major vendors when they come up for expiry, helping customers navigate their way through that renewal process. Also for any major investments or infrastructure changes which are coming up mid-term with an agreement. So, Clearly, at the moment, the shift from private cloud infrastructures to public cloud infrastructures or hybrids are ever more common. And therefore, that's one of the key things which we'll can probably talk about a little bit further, where we're seeing customers, you know, midterm in their contracts need to utilize the service today. Secondly, or thirdly, mergers and acquisitions. So typically organizations who are going to be changing significantly with regards to their organizational structure, there might be an element of performing due diligence as part of those organizational activities or looking to combine license agreements or you know work out what the best route is because often what we see in those scenarios is you have organizations coming from two very different backgrounds with regards to their license ownership and actually what technologies they're using so trying to find a common ground can be uh, a tricky part of that process so Again, as part of that, we can use the service to help try and bring those organisations together to find find the most practical common ground. Okay. And I, I suppose we're probably seeing a bit of a shift more recently to, to almost more options for, from a procurement point of view for customers. So I'm thinking specifically where often we would in, get involved to assist customers with a renewal of a contract. And, and maybe a, a number of years ago, we might have been kind of pretty much looking at renewing the same kind of contract, but getting best value from the renewal or, or tweaking it slightly. But I'm thinking now more around kind of public cloud platforms offering ways of buying licenses um, you know, via the public cloud platform or bringing your own licenses purchased direct from the vendor. Like I said, there's almost more routes available to customers now and probably a bit more, a bit more navigation required in terms of what the best route to purchase any particular product or technology will be, given that they, they they have such sort of a such myriad options in front of them. Yeah, so that's probably the most common challenge I think we're we're facing at the moment is when customers reach, for example, a renewal point, they need to not only understand the changes which have occurred during the last three years, but which of those will impact them at the point of renewal. So quite often what will happen is maybe the 
the terms of particular license types have changed over the course of three years. So now we need to understand, well, how does that impact what's coming up for renewal and also the additional investments we've made? So the example you used there of moving to public cloud services is probably the, the biggest challenge, I would say, we see at the moment because it's an education piece for a, a lot of customers. So because it's the first time that that they've performed such a, an architectural change, the licensing um, at the back end, and let's be honest, licensing is nobody's you know, favourite topic uh, within no, IT or procurement. Yeah. Um, it, so, you know, we hear from a lot of customers that, you know, I drew the short straw or I've been here the longest and hence I've I've picked up the... Uh, <laughs> I, I've been saddled with software licensing, yeah. It's always a very small percentage of, of, of job makeup, isn't it, really? Exactly. Nobody's particularly got it in their job title. They will be the, the master of the of the licensing and, and unless that's a, a specific software asset management function. But that, that probably is the number one challenge for now in terms of making sure that not only do customers understand where and how they can use licensing, but also within those public cloud platforms to make sure that they've got the right processes in place to make sure that they, firstly, they've got the right to be able to do what they are they are doing and then secondly making sure they've they've got the the right documentation or the right licenses at their end. So just to use a specific example, Azure Hybrid Benefit is one of the the most common things that, that's seen you know, an exponential growth over the last few years customers who who, who want to be able to make the uh, the most of that when they move their services into azure mm-hmm. they need to understand well which workloads do i need to enable hybrid benefit on and if i need to enable hybrid benefit how many licenses do i buy also, can I re-harvest some of the existing licenses I already own? So there's a myriad of considerations there. And that's, again, part of the uh, services that we deliver as, as a, a wider range of the commercial advisory services is helping customers understand, well, this is where and when you should be looking to utilize those offerings from the public cloud providers. And then at the back end, here's what you need to do with regards to purchasing the licensing and making sure you remain compliant, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And interesting, you, so you'd say that's almost you know, number one consideration or, or one of the key things that we're helping customers with at the moment. What else are you coming across you know, in your day-to-day dealings with customers? What are the, the sort of the, the hot topics or the more current issues that, that we're addressing with the service? Education of changes and frameworks and licensing types has always been I, I guess a, a constant within the, the service that we've seen over the last 10 years and more. Customers typically have very little time to dedicate to being able to keep up to date with these changes which is obviously why they engage with with Bytes in the first place but more so now the, the changes I suppose are less less significant but there are subtle changes with regards to use rights um, yes, or yeah. the way maybe which you can purchase licenses. There are new you know, maybe new contract vehicles in place so the general education piece and trying to take away some of that pain of saying well this is what we currently have do we just continue to buy like for like is that the best route to market is there something new that we need to do i would say the other major area that maybe has changed in the last couple of years or so is specifically around security-based technologies where there are there is such an evolving market with regards to 
security and compliance-based technologies that actually a lot of what customers are doing and technologies they're implementing are the first time they've done so. So it's not like a typical antivirus replacement or or something like that from, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. A lot of these are new technologies that essentially for using the term born in the cloud technologies. So a lot of these wouldn't necessarily exist without cloud computing. And what this represents is a difficulty for customers in determining which vendors should we use for particular technologies, because what can happen a lot of the time we see is that customers will say, well, we're using this particular technology to cover our on-premise environment. We think we may go and use that that technology as well because they have a cloud offering or we believe that they can cover our cloud requirements. Now, clearly, yours and my focus is around the, the commercial optimization of those, but what we do need to consider is how do we best work with the customer to make sure that they understand what's available to them and how does it fit into their roadmap. So the other major challenge that customers have is understanding what they should and they shouldn't try to cover themselves for because what a lot of customers clearly don't want to be seeing at the moment is a lot of shelfware because clearly where we see a lot of licensing suites and bundles, there are many offers to customers that may take the form of if you buy this new shiny suite or whatever it looks like, you'll get all of these technologies included. But actually, you may be only using a small portion of those, which could lead to a lot of shelfware. So again, our job is to try and go through that with the customer to make sure that they're not exposing themselves to a lot of shelfware or a risk of wasted investment. So that's the other challenge from a roadmap perspective is making sure that customers understand what their roadmap is. And typically, you know, you won't see a particular technology deployment conveniently fall in line with the point of renewal. So if you've got a three or five year renewal coming up, let's say in three months time, four months time at the end of 2021, it's not just going to be a a magic, oh, on the 1st of January 2022, we're going to roll out this technology. We try and get customers to get into thinking of is let's plan for these at least six months in advance. Because what you typically do during that time is, well, we might need to undertake a POC for certain items, or we then might need to move some of those into a test environment so that make sure that it works, or or, maybe we've got some bespoke systems in place that we need to test these technologies against. So the creation of that roadmap represents a challenge because there are also, I guess, a lot of unknown unknowns. So until customers have moved into certain cloud environments, they may not know exactly which technologies are going to suit their organization or which they may need. Now, Clearly, for some industries more than others, where perhaps they've got more regulatory requirements, they can identify those technologies a little bit sooner. But being able to demonstrate back to the business a, a tangible benefit from some of those is, is also something that, that customers need to be able to do. And perhaps it's less easy to do with some of these newer technologies because they are you know, they are based around you know, security and compliance. So it's uh, what is the risk of something happening? to our you know to our business rather than a you know a, a purely productivity based tool which is going to add you know, an immediate uh, enhancement to the business and i suppose that's a, you're kind of almost touching on a quite an, an old theme you know we're very used to helping customers establish where the balance is between um, sort of price protection and commitment and flexibility and like you say when when customers are kind of taking on these these newer technologies that behave in a different way from a technical point of view and a commercial point of view i guess we're probably seeing a, a, another sort of dependence on on having a bit more flexibility built into 
built into procurement options and contracts moving forwards because I think the last thing you know anybody wants to do is, is set off on a particular route set themselves on a you know, three or five year contractual path they can't deviate from and then discover four or five months down that path that actually they've, they've They've, they've got it wrong you know they're, they're going to have to revisit they're going to have to reopen negotiations they're going to have to make changes that that aren't as easy uh, to, to make as they would be you know had they gone down a more flexible path yeah it, exactly that and that that's why for me the planning well in advance of any contract renewals which are coming up is paramount in importance because that's going to reduce the risk of taking an option that might lead to shelfware or wasted investment or even worse the other way around under committing and then having to spend more over the course of the contract because it maybe wasn't necessarily scoped um everyone's best friend unbudgeted spend yeah absolutely and so i used to you know when talking to customers around things like our commercial advisory um engagements you know I, i would typically say take you know your compelling date so that might not necessarily be the contract renewal or, or the merger date it might be you know that you need to build in a couple of months for internal sign off and, and negotiation and what have you I, I so i would use you know i would say to customers take your compelling date and then work about three months back from that and that's really where you want to be kind of kicking off something like the commercial advisory service would you say that's that's sort of still still the kind of right advice or if anything should we be building in a little bit more time to, to, to really allow for sort of thoroughly fleshing out that roadmap and, and, and preparing for, for that sort of compelling event, whatever it may be. I think my view is that would, in an ideal world, always be a continuous process anyway, whereby, and again, given given the right amount of resource with, with, you know, within a customer, to be able to have that roadmap fully documented and updated at all times. And run reviewed than, throughout, yeah. Yeah, rather than just us, wheeling out a matrix every three years for a customer to to complete and say where are we at this point in time it it should be and for any customers listening who have seen uh, or been through a, a, a cash service before the documents that we complete you know they will that they will fully articulate exactly what we've been through and the, the strategy and what that looks like that for me represents a point in time that should be continually updated um, you know, every time there is a uh, a new technology deployed or something which changes within the environment, it's almost updated and says, right, well, we're now using this technology, and our roadmap beyond this looks at you know looks at this technology, and it will be in three years' time. So, if you remember, when back to when we first started doing this service, said over ten years ago, and the world was pretty much primarily on-premise based technologies Mm. you could count on versions being released maybe every three or four years from a customer and you could go in and put a six-year roadmap together and say well we're currently using this version of the product let's call that version n and then we'll roll out n plus one in three years time and then our our typical upgrade cycle for for these products is every three to, to five years clearly now that has changed because the the cadence of releases is uh, a lot shorter now from mm. f- from vendors with regards to you know a lot of the uh, a lot of these cloud based items. So therefore, you know, sticking to a you know a, a plan where we can maybe go and revisit it periodically maybe doesn't work as as well now. But it's almost continuous now, isn't it? I think vendors, if anything, are packaging their products together even more so than before in a way that if you buy any given suite there will be an element of it probably being upgraded, replaced, refreshed at at least once a year. So whereas historically you may have sort of said, oh, we'll we'll 
we'll be on n plus one in four years like you said or we might even go n plus two you know we'll skip a version i i it's it's less and less feasible for organizations to do that now because somewhere in that suite there will be something that 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 is, that is driving that kind of dependence on that technology that's the other thing to mention at, at present we're, we're seeing for the first time in in quite a long time microsoft price rises around um the Office 365 suite. And, you know, as you know, a lot of the conversations we have with customers are, are around, you know, price fixing versus flexibility. And, and you know, that, that, that conversation has reared its head again. And I don't think the time now is to, I, certainly I wouldn't advise any customer to kind of knee-jerk panic and act in a way to, to necessarily fix their pricing immediately. It's definitely worth looking at. But, you know, as you know, I think often we come across organizations who, almost better off you know riding out price rise in return for that flexibility rather than acting in a way to fix their pricing in the short term that, that then denies them flexibility later down the line yeah and again as as with these price rises it's never generally across the board there is always a change to a license type or yes. potentially a price increase becoming because of a new version um, this one as you say is a little bit different because it is a a more general increase with regards to uh, the base 0365 price in that you know, we've not seen really, although there have been periodic small increases or maybe currency fluctuations that have resulted in increases over time. This is more of a general worldwide increase. But again, and going back to the, the, the point that we were just discussing before, if the roadmap is known, then there's there's less need for maybe a knee-jerk reaction or, or panic to say, well, this is coming, so we're, we're suddenly going to have to budget for you know, X amount more. Clearly, there may be a you know, consequence further down the line of those increases. But if we know what the roadmap is, then we can plan for those increases well in advance, rather than it being a shock, you know, a couple of months before, a couple of months before renewal. And this is something which I would usually say to every customer that we work with as part of the CAS service is that. Once you've been through your, your investment or your renewal process, continually review what that will look like at the point of the next contract renewal, because clearly budgets are set annually, uh, you know, a certain point in time in the year by understanding changes that may have occurred during the last year that won't necessarily affect you maybe for another 18 months or two years. And at least it allows you to forecast what it will look like at that point in time and therefore be able to make the, the necessary adjustments or, or plans internally to be able to try and counter some of those increases if, if possible. Sure. And a, a, another trend I've, I've noticed sort of in, in, in more recent um, engagements is as a, as a software asset management function or as a, as a software procurement consultancy function, we've never worked you know, entirely in isolation you know, with regards to sort of our, our wider team of colleagues within Bytes, I think particularly around maybe some of the security elements that, 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 that vendors are bringing to the fore now, I've noticed we are probably leaning on our colleagues a lot more in terms of bringing product and subject specialists into those workshops more and more. So as you said, you know, whilst we primarily deal with the kind of licensing and, and, and commercial elements and, and decisions the customers face are facing, what I've noticed we are doing an awful lot more is bringing in those product and, and subject specialists to, 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 to have that kind of slightly deeper conversation with the customer, probably provide a bit more of a technological steer than, than you and I are used to doing, but also having us kind of in the wings then to layer on that kind of commercial element on top as well to, to you know to, to to ensure that customers are almost more fully 
fully apprised of the options available to them rather than uh you know rather than being sort of purely led by by commercial considerations and you know what do we get in this suite therefore we will or won't use it do you think yeah, that, that sort of trend will continue I, I i think so it's probably something of a blurred lines trend where you know typically you could pinpoint a certain vendor for doing one you know one particular thing and you know we've talked about microsoft a few times but using that that as an example historically when we look at microsoft 10 years ago we look at productivity tools so we look at a windows desktop we look at the office applications we look at tools productivity based tools so email you know collaboration obviously all of those things are still in place albeit largely through the cloud now but then we look at a vendor who's now bringing significant capabilities around business intelligence um, security based technologies tools to manage all of those productivity tools as well. And I think that will probably represent a challenge for procurement functions, um, IT procurement functions moving forwards as well, because there are now vendors offering a much broader range of technologies. So determining which ones we, you know, are best placed to suit the business could be more of a challenge because you can't necessarily pigeonhole a particular vendor to, to this area anymore. Now, clearly, there are still specialists in, you know, in particular areas more than others. Um, but I think that does represent a, a, a challenge because when a, a procurement function is, is looking at a list of contracts due to be renewed, there are probably more so now opportunities to maybe consolidate under you know, one vendor, you know, when do we do this? How do we do this? Becomes a more of a challenge. And therefore, like, like you alluded to, we need to bring in specialists now to start talking about these areas so that maybe as procurement or as IT, we understand where some of these will will, will fit the business uh, moving forwards. And um, something else I want to touch upon with you is, um, I guess what we're talking about is the new normal. Um, you know, obviously, organisations over the years have had different approaches to, to, to kind of flexible working, but I think it's pretty undeniable that you know the, the last couple of years have driven a you know a much greater requirement um, to, to flexible working, a, a much greater acceptance of it. And whilst I don't think you know, I don't think anybody believes that everybody will be working from home forever. I think we're seeing a lot of organisations pick up that that kind of uh, approach of you know maybe spending two to three days in the office, two to three days working from home on alternate weeks or, you know, coming in for, for more meetings and outcome driven, you know, type face-to-face meetings rather than being present just for the sake of working. How is that affecting sort of deliverables and the, and the kind of things that customers are asking us to accommodate now? I think the major thing that we've seen over that, that, that last period that you mentioned is um, because of the shift probably more towards the things like flexible working if we looked at say office 365 as as an example customers are wanting to look at data around things like mailbox sizes teams messages teams usage calls like that so what we're now starting to see is when we're going through the the process with customers we're starting to use more live data to help support some of the decisions they're making so by that what we're doing is we're using some of our proprietary tools to look at actual usage within a customer's environment. And then so you, you mean quite quantum, I guess, specifically when you're talking around things like Office 365, that's our quantum tool set, you mean? Yes, exactly yes. that. So using quantum to give the customer you know, real life data with regards to even things such as user counts, 
what items they've got used, what products they've activated, what their what their license entitlement versus their their actual deployments looking like. So we are now able to use more real life data to help support some of the processes that we we go through, and that's something which, as part of you know, cloud computing as a whole, customers are wanting to see that because they can start to affect some of those changes in real time. Especially if we look at going back to the beginning of the podcast where we were talking about the move to public cloud infrastructures now you know they are you know, the, the changes to those those platforms can be made in real time so there are elements that can be made straight away that you know if you switch off a service because it's been sat idle for for a week or if there's a, a resource that you need to right size some of those changes can be made instantaneously and drive immediate savings back to the customer so we are starting to see requests for and what we've incorporated into the service is usage of live data to help support some of those uh, some of those procurement decisions so yes i I guess um i guess what you're driving at dom is it's very powerful to be able to you know historically we're very used to asking customers questions um building their answers into our analysis etc but what we're able to do with some of the live data we now have is, is is kind of surface them with information. So rather than asking questions, we're actually telling them about their estates to to a degree, challenging some of their answers with with you know with, with live data to say this is what you know your users are actually doing, and and therefore how will this shape our behaviour moving forwards? I mean, and, and I, I think that's possibly you know the, the the biggest shift on the horizon for for IT procurement. Would you agree that kind of data data driven decision making and and I guess you know, feeding back to our original themes around due diligence and what have you, but but really being able to underpin the decisions that we make, you know, b- before we put pen to paper. Exactly. And that being a continuous cycle. So it's not just a case now of let's, as we said before, let's re- review this data once a year when we need to declare anything to the vendor that we've, we've bought over the course of the last year. These are items which really need re- reviewing on at, at worst, a, a sort of a monthly basis, uh, I would say, because these are items that can affect spend you know here and now and as I mentioned before being able to reharvest licenses and and keep within compliance is uh is, is going to be of paramount importance for it procurement functions moving forwards um to make sure that they're obviously staying within the um the parameters of their their contracts with the vendors good stuff all right well dom um i won't keep you anymore thanks very much for your time today and uh, that's it for the bite-sized podcast today thanks for joining us dom If anyone listening is interested in learning more about the commercial advisory service or or anything else that we've discussed today, please do reach out to us and uh, we'll be more than happy to help. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Technology. Please do watch out for our next session coming soon.